Joining us down the line this afternoon to talk all the latest in footy is longtime AFL opposition analyst and strategy coach. He's coaching over at Norwood in the Sandfall as well. The man I do speak of is Rob Harding. Rob, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Matt. What an incredible weekend of footy we've just had. Oh, what were the biggest standouts for you? I mean, there were so many. The draw on Friday night, we had that brilliant game at the MCG with the Pies and the Bombers. Jamie Elliott kicking that great goal. After the siren, uh, the high tackles have been such a talking point. There's, uh, you know, a fair bit of talk surrounding a Tasmanian team coming in. There's just uh, plenty of footy going on. What uh, stood out to you most over the weekend? It's hard to know where to start, but Jamie Elliott's goal was just outstanding. Uh, you kick that goal. I think even the very best players kick that goal maybe two or three out of ten to do it as the siren goes in front of 75, 78,000 people. Absolutely incredible. And, uh, Really, any other weekend, Jamari Eugle Hagen's coming of age would have been the story of the weekend. That was an incredible win for the Bulldogs. and uh, To kick the, the ceiling goal right at the end, just to put it fully beyond Melbourne's reach, uh, that would have been the big story. But the game on Sunday uh, just tipped it over the edge, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Uh, what are you seeing from Collingwood, Rob, this season? They're on a nine-game winning streak. They've hit the top four. They just continue to get the wins in these late-game situations. They look out of it, and somehow they come away with the four points. What are you seeing from Collingwood that is allowing them to come away with these close wins? I think there's a couple of things, Matt. We've heard them speak a little bit this week about the situational training that they do, um, that they do tack into the back end of their match play blocks in training. Little situational moments, so it might be three points up, three points down, 30 seconds to go, two minutes to go. They're clearly practising it. The other side of it is the great mental part of this is the belief that you get when you do it once or twice, it starts to become a habit and players believe in it. And it means that in those last moments, they'll still calm. So when Pendlebury is going back to take the kick in and tells Darcy Moore just to shoot and go and see if they can get something going out of their back 50 from the kick in, when Moore's able to hit Bianco out on the wing and Bianco doesn't panic even as a young player, just runs, takes ground and puts the ball somewhere near Elliott. Um, Elliot's able to take the mark in amongst two Essendon defenders and then go back and have the poise to kick the goal. It all just shows great belief and self-confidence that the group's got at the moment. Mm. And what did you see from the Bombers? Where did they fall down in that last passage of play? Uh, look, it, it's quite fitting for Essendon to lose a game on really poor full-ground defence, which has been their Achilles heel now uh, in, in the four years that Ben Rutten's been at the club. And um, they're the second-worst team in the comp at conceding full-ground transitions from kick-in. They're the third-worst at conceding full-ground transitions in total. Um, and they're the worst at conceding scores from full-ground transitions. So that is their Achilles heel, still less than defensively. Uh, the lack of organisation, and we saw a few players lining up perhaps to celebrate with um, Harry Jones had he kicked the goal, but to not be numbered off, not have a direct opponent organised um, at the kick-in is... A really poor mistake, and it probably suggests that they don't train the situational things too much, and they would have perhaps had other priorities that they were working on in their training at the moment. But it's very quick in footy. It was 13 seconds it went the length of the ground, that one breakdown becomes two, becomes three. And um, even to have... They had Cole Langford back as a seventh defender, essentially, at the end of the game, and he was the player behind the Elliott and Kelly contest, where Elliott took the mark, and um, Cole just couldn't quite get enough body across to, to get a fist on it and killed out of bounds. So... There were probably five or six opportunities that they were left to rue that they could have killed the game. Mm. Uh, what did you make of the dying stages on Friday night, Rob? A draw between Richmond and Fremantle. That draw puts the Tigers outside of the top eight and Frio outside of the top four. So it could be a season-defining game for both sides. What did you make of that draw on Friday night? 
it was a, it was a scrappy contest, but still, you couldn't take your eyes off it, particularly through that last five minutes. And you feel for Noah Cumberland in particular. Obviously, Noah Bolter had the clear 30 seconds and just a little lack of game awareness. Um, Noah Cumberland, really a young player, just he's got a great leg on him too. He could have wheeled and hit that ball for a score quite comfortably from 55. So it was unfortunately just the, the wrong timing for him. But uh, what a heads-up play by um, Martin Frederick. Just to, that game awareness, to be looking at the clock, to wait for the umpire's call and then to shoot across and, and put the smother on. Um, that's incredible. We've seen a couple of these big moments from Freo, where there was a goal line save against Adelaide in round one, through to this on the mark um, this week. Fremantle players' game awareness has, has really stood out this year, and um, no better way shown than the smother on Noah Bolter the other night. Are Freo still within a, a chance to to win a premiership, or do you do you think their chances are, are slipping away slightly? They've just fallen outside of the top four, as mentioned. They've got a few injuries. There, Nathan Fife, the big one. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can return to his previous best. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on Fremantle and their run home? Well, I still think they're in the mix. The, the good thing, in a way, with the Fife injury is that they have dealt with this before this year. They have had a considerable period of time without um, Nat in the side. So uh, they, they do know what they need to do without him. And um, in some ways, it will make uh, perhaps the coaching a little bit easier, just that they can go back to the structure that clearly worked for them earlier in the year. Um, not that you wouldn't want to have him there. Clearly, you want to have him in the side, but um, it's not something that they're unaccustomed to. So I think they're still right in the mix. Brisbane are a little bit shaky. Collingwood have had these close wins, and you can ride that luck for as long as possible. Um, but eventually, it, it potentially will run out for them as we get closer to the finals. Melbourne are a bit shaky at the moment. Geelong going really well. But even then, had an eight goal to one quarter ago against them, against Port Adelaide. So there's no real clear standout team at the moment. If we think back to last year, this was about the time that Melbourne really started to get their roll on. Um, they had a draw against Hawthorne late in the season last year. They started to win a few more games, and then they really hit the ground running through finals. A reasonable win against Brisbane, a massive win against Geelong, and then clearly an you know, incredible quarter and a half of dominance um, to put the Bulldogs away. So I could see Fremantle being in a similar boat this year um, in their run home, and a couple of good wins, get a good run into finals, top four to secure that double chance. And um, I still think they're a credible premiership threat. Okay, what about the Western Bulldogs? They got up over Melbourne, as you said, on Saturday night. 110 to 100 was the final score. Hugo Hagen was fantastic with those five goals. Uh, what did you make of that game on Saturday night? And, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on either side? The Western Bulldogs now jump into the top eight. And Melbourne, well, they're vulnerable. But these are vulnerable at the moment. Uh, on the Bulldogs, it was a, obviously a fantastic win for them. I don't view the Bulldogs as really, a, a, use the term, credible threat for the Premiership. I don't view them in that mm. um, framework at the moment. I still think they're incredibly suspect defensively. Um, but really, what they got over the line with in this game was a fantastic performance from Jamar we spoke about. But Marcus Pontefelli's last quarter was outstanding too. And he really just willed his team over the line in the end. So uh, they had dominance around stoppage, which really helped um, in this game. But it's something that's been probably a little bit more inconsistent for the Bulldogs this year. So a great win. I think they will probably sneak into the eight now, and they are a threat because they've got such a talented list. But this is still a year I feel the Bulldogs have underachieved and disappointing coming off um, a grand final last year. And for Melbourne, uh, the elements of selfishness that have crept into their game over the last six weeks what needs to be rectified. And you're not going to win too many games when you don't lay a tackle inside your Ford 50. So um, I think we'll see a response from Melbourne um, this week. They've got some big games coming up to finish the season. Obviously, they come over to Perth on Friday night, but they also play Collingwood, 
uh, Brisbane and I think it's Carlton might be the other one in the run home. So and Melbourne have got a monstrous run, almost four weeks of finals leading into finals. Um, and that's going to be a great tune-up for them to iron out some kinks and, and get back to their best footy, which I believe is still the best footy of any team in the comp when they are at their best. Speaking with Rob Harding here on Sports Drive this afternoon. Uh, so, Rob, what did you make of the way that high tackles were adjudicated in round 19? Yeah, oh, look, it's a... I think the AFL's listened to a few noisy voices around these things, and I'm always from the view that we should protect the ball carrier at all times. Now, if the ball carrier drops his knees a little bit or lifts an arm, I think the owners should still be on the tackler to execute the right tackle rather than make it harder for the ball carrier. I think the game's already hard enough for the ball carrier as it is. A player can try and take possession and be jumped on by three players and be adjudicated to have dragged the ball in when they're actually just trying to take possession. So um, I didn't really like the direction that, that was taken in terms of um, being harsher on players who have got the ball in their hand. And clearly, the, the Jack Jennifer one stood out with Mason Redman, and that's a free kick every day of the week and twice on Sundays, um, mm. as this game was. So uh, I think quietly the AFL will acknowledge that that was a mistake, and I think we'll see it adjudicated a little bit differently um, going forward. And what do you make of this situation with the Tasmanian team and the AFL? Uh, yeah, fair bit going on in, in regards to the $750 million uh, potential stadium. So what are your thoughts there? There really is a lot going on in the background. And I think we've historically seen this with new clubs coming into the competition. There is a lot of toing and throwing and making sure that the infrastructure is right. One of the great learnings from the Gold Coast experience was that for too many years, the Gold Coast didn't have great facilities. They had a great stadium, obviously, that was built there at Metricon, but um, they didn't have great facilities around it. So I appreciate the AFL wanting to make sure that Tasmanian bid has a great facility, has a great home ground. Clearly, they want a ground with a roof on it as well. And where that comes from, from a funding perspective, is going to be a massive issue. So um, I hope it gets resolved. Um, I hope that's not an obstacle that's been put in the way of the Tasmanian bid to try and make it more difficult because we should have a Tasmanian side. Um, I think most footy followers feel the same way. And it will be fantastic when it does get through, which I'm still confident that it will. And last one before I do let you go, how are the Red Legs tracking in 2022? Uh, good win for the Red Legs on the weekend against the Crows, SNFL side. So the Crows side's been very good. Number one scoring side in the comp and top of the ladder um, here in South Australia and managed to restrict them to um, nine goals, I think it was in the end, and get away with a win. So uh, we're going well at the moment, six wins in a row. And this weekend, the sample competition has a weekend off uh, before we have the final three weeks and head into finals. So great opportunity for our players and our staff to recharge and uh, look forward to the last few weeks before we hit the final. Rob, pleasure as always. Cheers and thanks for your time. Thanks, Matt.